Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Hi, Lauren Taylor. Hi, Dr. Cohen. How are you? I'm good. Are we live? Yes, we're live with Gross Anatomy Podcast. And I'm all riled up because this is take two and I just drank some iced tea and I have energy right now and we are live with Gross Anatomy even though you are pushing 10 p.m. over there. Yes, I'm pushing 10 p.m. But you usually work what 16 hour days, so I can't I can't complain. Don't complain. I'm not complaining. Nobody cares. Oh, how's your newest dog fitting in with the fam? Our newest dog, Honey, is adorable. She's starting to get, I think she's almost, I don't know, I, I don't want to jinx it, but she's becoming more potty trained. She's getting there, housebroken, and she's just adorable. And she's fitting in great with our German Shepherd. They play so well. And so we have these two ridiculous love bug dogs. Which is, we have three total, but two new love bug dogs, which is great. That's amazing that they like each other. So you think it's going to be a lab, a mainly lab mix? We think so. We pathetically did her gen- d- DNA. So we're, we'll, we'll have that information probably in a week or two of, of what our dog is. Oh, you should announce it on air. I have always wanted to do that with my dogs. I just never did. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah. See, see how much truth there is to it. Exactly. But our dog's doing great. Our dog, Honey, is doing great. And Simon. And, and it's really fun. I, the, the strangest thing is I grew up with no mammals in, in, other than humans. And, mm-hmm. I, and I hated and was even to some degree scared of dogs. So now I have dogs sleeping on my head, you know, and <laughs> jumping all over me and licking my face. And it, it's totally bizarre. It, it, my wife, the master injector, Bernice, has totally changed my life. It's funny. We were just um eight of us eight of my guy friends that i grew up with we were all just together and my friend whose house we were at they have a couple they have three dogs two of the dogs were there and one of my friends jj is still afraid of dogs wow. and still has an issue with dogs you know the same way i grew up but he he, he oh, wait knew. there must be like an incident did something happen to get bit no, I was kind of afraid of dogs, too. They just kind of seemed scared. You know, I, it was always big dogs that I would see. It was never little dogs. And the little dogs that I interacted with were always yippy, yappy, barking dogs, you know. So it was just always, I think it was partly growing up in New York City, you know, in a, in a tiny apartment. Um, who knows? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I love dogs, but I wouldn't have one in an apartment in New York City. It'd be too hard. Yeah, yeah, it, it, I, it's hard as it is in the house, right? It's got to be hard for you guys too. So what else is going on with you? Anything else in the gross anatomy realm you can share? So we start, you know, our pre-med program launched today. We had our first, uh, I get the, the students get to come in and spend a half a day in my office when I'm seeing patients. So we had our first student today and uh, we were just talking to a patient. We weren't even examining the patient. We The patient was totally clothed and the student, I didn't realize it, but the student nearly passed out, I think, based on our discussions we were having. And Mariano, who was here, had to, you know, go out and make sure he was okay, our student. So that, and then, you know, it was like, he's like, the, the discussion you were having was just so graphic, and and he nearly passed out. He said, all of a sudden, everything went black, and he couldn't see. And he stepped out of the room, luckily, in the nick of time, and Mariano, luckily, noticed it and ran out with him. Wow. Yeah. He nearly passed out. Luckily, he didn't. I think I've told the story of how when I was 
in my residency, there was this medical student whose name I don't remember. It was a really good kid doing this big surgery and um and the re- and the student is holding one of these retractors keeping the whole abdomen open for us while we're working and it's a big one and he's like pulling on it and yanking on it to keep the whole abdominal wall open and we're working in there and it's hot and it was dark i remember for some reason and all of a sudden he kind of looks at me stares at me and his eyes are like piercing through me and I hear him start talking to me, and it's like he's talking in slow motion. And he goes to me, I'm not feeling very well, Dr. Cohen. And all of a sudden, he starts going down. And he has this retractor holding the patient open. And he starts going, but he's firmly locked onto this retractor. So the patient starts moving with the guy as he's falling and the other doctor I was working with, you know, forces his hand with the retractor out of the patient. Luckily, someone got behind the student to catch him uh, and caught him, you know, and and uh, and he was fine after that. You know, he, he passed out, woke up, you know, sitting on the floor and uh, yeah, happens all the time. Wow. Yeah. So what do you tell the student? After that, something like that happens, like this might not be a field for you. We make fun of them. No, we make fun of them forever. Where it's very toxic environment. No, we we it really is so common, and it happens to all of us. I've had some near episodes myself, and it happens at all levels. Like it could just be like a day you're not feeling well, like a little under the weather. Maybe you didn't have enough of a drink, and you're in this weird environment, and you start just focusing weird, and and it's it have it really happens all the time. To people at all levels. Wow. And, and that's what we that. tell the student. Like, don't worry. It's totally normal. Um, you're going to be fine. What if a student, like, passed out at the sight of blood? Wouldn't you tell them they probably shouldn't be a doctor? No, it's the same thing. It, it's all the same thing. Because you think they'll just get over it? Because I, I had an uncle that would that happen to. He would just faint. Like, stuff got bloody. It's not the sight of blood. It's that they... It's that there's a certain anxiety that happens and, and, you know, you just start having this weird internal monologue and then the next thing you know, you're passed out. Hmm. But it's never happened to you. It it happened to me when I had my blood drawn. So whenever I have my blood taken, I have to lay down because I'm a total wimp. I can't have my own blood taken. So anytime I go to have labs, I lay down and I tell my blood taker, I say, listen, I have to lay down. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm pathetic. So it happened when I was like a teenager at the pediatrician. He's like, uh, we're going to take your blood now. You may pass out. Don't worry about it. And I was sitting and all of a sudden I felt like I was on a roller coaster. That's kind of, that was a sensation. Like I'm on a roller coaster. And the next thing I know, the nurse and the doctor are holding me because I was about to fall off the, the exam table and, and they laid me down. Oh, so yeah, I guess it, doesn't correlate at all. You're obviously a surgeon who I think I'm a surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> deals with uh, opening people up all the time. So yeah, I think so. It's yeah. not really re- one's not related to the other. I not see what you're saying now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad he's okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. I saw him later in the day. He's totally great. Did Mariano get any good footage of uh, the class? I don't think he did. I don't. I because I, I think it happened so fast, and Mariano had to run to the rescue. No. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's 
Alzheimer's and Dementia Care Education Week. So I was reading about this 81-year-old brain doctor who lives by seven hard rules for keeping your memory sharp. What's his name? Dr. Richard Restak, R-E-S-T-A-K. He's a neuroscientist and author of 20 books on the human brain. Wow. I know there's a big guy in town at UCLA, but uh, I don't think that's him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's still practicing or just writing or what, but like any other part of your body, your brain needs daily exercise. Neglecting your brain health can make you vulnerable to degenerative brain diseases like Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. So this is why I put these like seven things you can do to help give your brain exercise. One is choose fiction when you can over nonfiction because fiction, because fiction you're reading um, about characters that you don't know, you know what I mean? So you have to remember them, imagine them in a plot that you don't know. So you have to like, remember all these things, this new world that where you wouldn't have to reading like nonfiction, a subject you might already know about. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I never thought about that. And he says, number two is never leave an art museum without testing your memory. So you might like this. Like if you look at a painting, look at it and actually study it and then go away from it and try to like repeat what you saw, like little things that you saw. Just try to like visualize it. Um, So that's what he does at museum. So and number three, keep naps under 90 minutes, which I feel like I know, right? I love napping. I never nap, nap though, but I love a nap. Well, it's supposed to inc- shown to increase later recall for information encoded prior to the nap. So anywhere for thir- for, from 30 minutes to an hour and a half. Hang on, let me take a nap so I could remember what you're telling <laughs> me. It says between 1 and 4 p.m. too. I don't know if that's just his suggestion, but it says, yeah, several studies have also found that naps can compensate for poor sleep at night. Um, so if you struggle with insomnia, do it to boost your memory performance. But you don't yeah. struggle from insomnia. But between one and four makes sense. You don't want to do it too late because then you can't get to sleep at night. Oh, that's probably what it is. That makes sense. Yeah. Number four, no party is complete without brain games. Some of his favorites are 20 questions. Have you ever played that before? You know, like you're in a room with people and one person leaves and then they come up with something and you have to ask 20 questions to guess it. No, you never play that game. I'm not sure. Maybe, uh, or similar games like that. And then obviously chess is a good one because you have to remember like moves you played before and that you're going to play after. Like you have to visualize it. Five is eat brain foods. So this nutritional psychiatrist put together an acronym for brain foods. So it's B, berries, R, rainbow color, fruits and vegetables, A, antioxidants, I, include lean proteins and plant-based proteins, N, nuts, F, fiber-rich foods, O, oils, O, omega-rich foods, D, dairy, and S, spices, which Mm. you get all all that stuff. Except for I try not to eat too much dairy. I'm not sure why dairy dairy is good, but okay. Yeah, it didn't really go into it. Maybe it's probably like it's small. I'd imagine it's a small amount of dairy, but it didn't go into like the quantities of anything. And then uh, dark chocolate can also help memory in healthy young adults, it says. Hmm. Am I a young adult now? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Lauren. Six, use images for hard to remember things. Like if you want to give yourself some kind of code or something, I don't know. Yeah. Um, seven, don't sit on the couch all day. 
that's the final one. And that's kind of obvious um, physical activity. Like you say, you work out like an hour a day, you know, just to keep going. I strive for an hour a day. You got to strive. So that's been shown to help prevent dementia, people that are more active. Yeah, definitely. Physical activity, sleep, food. And he doesn't talk about vitamins, eh? They don't talk about, no, that's just like his seven, seven things. I think those are seven. Sure, in his other books, he goes in, I'm sure he he has 20 books. He probably goes into one about vitamins. Right. Um, It's interesting, uh, you know, speaking of football, speaking of the Super Bowl and dementia, you know, head injury, you have to wonder about um, all of that. And again, it's going back to, you know, my, my friends and I were having this discussion. How do we how do we as parents allow our kids to to play football and, you know, get their heads hit and, and all of that? And do um, you have friends? Well, I mean, my mom didn't let my brother play football. Yeah, no, football wasn't even we didn't even have football, but we had hockey, you know, but uh, but I think football is more of a head banging sport. Um I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the future. It, it won't surprise me if football turns into two different leagues, like a like a hardcore anything goes league, and mm. then you know a touch football you know league. You know, yeah. But who knows? I don't know. I mean, it's still so popular. I don't see it going anywhere. But so, would do your friends have like boys that they don't let play football or do? Yeah, I don't think any of my friends' sons play football. I think, um, although one of the surgeons I work with, a really good friend of mine, his son is playing college football now, which is pretty amazing. But yeah. And he's a surgeon. And I think he played college football too. Yeah. I mean. I mean, to some degree, it's like, do you let your children go to the army? Right. And people can get hurt all different kinds of ways that you can't prevent so right you let your children become fire firefighters right there's danger in all sorts of things i get that or do you let them become ballerinas i mean get injured there too right or do you let them become hollywood directors like What's Seems his name? Safer. Shot and killed the director accidentally. Alec Baldwin. Rust. Yeah, that's still yeah. going on. Crazy stuff. Stuff you would think would be safe. I see your stuff point. Stuff you would think would be safe. So nobody knows. Nobody knows. But your middle child, is she? does she want to become a doctor? She's thinking about it or maybe vet. Maybe a veterinarian. She doesn't that know. would fit in perfectly with your farm life that you want to have. It would. Oh, I have the other day, uh, I I felt very Sopranos. I felt so Sopranos uh, two mornings ago, or was it yesterday morning? Uh, yesterday morning, I finished working out and I walked outside and in our pool were, Lauren? Ducks. Two Goose. ducks or <laughs> two ducks and we're nowhere near ducks place. There was like a really beautiful mallard duck, you know, and another duck sitting in our pool. And I thought of, 
I'm Tony Soprano here. Oh, that's awesome. With the two ducks. I I almost, I couldn't, they, they ran away before I could snap a picture. But it was just such a funny moment. We're going to have to share it on our social media too uh, about my Tony Soprano duck moment. I feel like they're going to come back. You got to get a photo. I'm hoping. I, so this morning I was looking for the ducks. They weren't there. Aww. Really sad that the ducks weren't there because we're nowhere near where you would have ducks. It was such a bizarre thing. They live somewhere around there. I think. They're really, I'm they really make- hoping. I've become a weird animal guy. I'm hoping the ducks come back to our pool. Now there's something so calming about it. I see an eagle from here, and yeah, I just love watching it. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad somehow I rem- remembered that duck moment. That's cool. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I'm watching the show Shrinking on Apple TV. It's about a doctor, but a psychiatrist. Multiple psychiatrists. Harrison Ford's in it. He plays one of the psychiatrists. How do you like it? I like it. It's like it's pretty easy but entertaining. It's just like short episodes. I read a review about it. So I it's about a guy who decides to kind of just have a fuck it attitude, right? Or just kind of like a yeah. go with it attitude. He's going against uh, the book code of ethics for psychiatry. He's uh, trying things his own way. Um because his wife died and he just, yeah, has like more of a fuck it attitude. Yeah. 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 I'd like to, uh, and there's just so much stuff to watch. Although I am enjoying speaking of Harrison Ford, we're watching 1923, which we're really enjoying, you know, the part oh, of the right. whole Yellowstone series. Are you almost done with that? Yeah. Yeah. Although that comes out weekly too with episodes. So we're an episode okay. behind. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's really enjoyable. Cool. Yeah. I mean, if you just want something light, shrinking's pretty light so far. Yeah. This isn't light, but it's enjoyable. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I still haven't checked it out, but I will. There you go. There you go. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. And keep giving us ideas and comments. And and the only other thing I want to add is uh, on social media, we posted my colonoscopy and I had a lot of well-wishers on social media and people coming up to me asking if I was okay. And yes, I'm okay. It was just routine colonoscopy. Everything is fine, but I really love you all for checking in on me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh yeah. That's very sweet. I'm glad you're okay. Thanks Lauren. Okay. Bye everybody. Talk soon. Bye. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.